The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. I want to thank our sponsor, Barbarian Apparel. Josh Sasfi at Barbarian Apparel gives back to the sport of wrestling, and they can even help all of you guys out there that work in other sports. Uh, you work in other sports and coach and you buy gear. Buy it from Barbarian Apparel. Josh Sasby at www.barbarianapparel.com. He even signed another wrestler to his name and to his brand. So Pat Downey is now a member of Team Barbarian Apparel. So along with Tyler Graff, Lauren Louive, and some others, Josh Sasby is supporting the sport of wrestling. Uh, buy your gear from Barbarian Apparel. Get it. Great stuff. Barbarianapparel.com. All right, I want to welcome everyone to episode 19 of the Matt Balls podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dennis. Uh, 19 episodes in, we get to do a fun one tonight, and that is breaking down the NCAA championship. Brackets just came out about an hour ago. Uh, Jason drove over from his house. So Jason Laughlin is with me. He's my college roommate at Chattanooga. Coaches at a, a local high school uh, right across the town from me. So uh, we're here. We're going to we're going to break it down. How you doing tonight, Jace? How you feeling? I'm doing good. Chad, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. What a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm so excited for next week. And you're going, I'm, right? I am definitely going to Pittsburgh. I think I've pretty much committed that I'm going to go. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to go every year. I missed one year at Madison Square Garden and kind of kicked myself uh, for not going. But what a great time to be a wrestling fan. We're at an all-time high in popularity and exposure. Uh, just true wrestling fans will really appreciate, or at least I hope they'll appreciate what's about to happen next week. All right. So the hot button topics already are who got screwed, who got good draws. Um, so the seating committee is always one of the hot topics. What do you think about that? It, it, I, I just don't know if you have a coach on a seating committee that they can be impartial. And maybe they can be, but even I don't know if I could just say like I could do it without even knowing that I'm being impartial. I just wish there was a better way to look at the conference tournament and who sat out, who medically forfeited and all of those things. Do they get rewarded for that? And the word on the street is some of those guys that didn't wrestle at the conference tournament. It had zero effect as to where they landed in the bracket. And I'm not saying it's wrong or it's right. But I know it, there's a lot of people that want to talk about it and want to see if there's something that the NCAA needs to act upon that. Right. Well, and, and like we were talking, though, it does add some interest and uh, maybe add some uh, some awesome first, second round matches that you wouldn't normally um, see. So, well, let's just let's just get right into it. We'll get into 125. Uh, we'll kind of talk about some things that we like or that are interesting about the bracket. And then in the end, we'll make our picks. Um, I want everybody to jump down to bout number 25 and 26. You got Sean Hall versus Schroeder and uh, Piccinini versus West. Piccinini and Paws, I would imagine, clear. I, I don't want to say handily, but you would think handily. But th that is an interesting matchup for Piccinini as Foz represented us at the world team. And I believe he had to beat Piccinini to make it. And from what I understand, I don't, I haven't seen the match. 
that Piccinini could not finish on him. Sean Foss is a ginormous 125-pounder. And that'll be Thursday night, so he'll he'll have time to, to get big and then cut it back down. And, you know, on paper, again, you would think Piccinini clears uh, pretty easily there, although not easily to the quarters with Pat Glory. Wait, no, Pat Glory, but he's got to go from Foss right into Glory and into Spencer Lee. That To me, that's a rough draw for Oklahoma State coming in there at the two seed. Not that... There's an easy draw there. There's not. 125 is loaded. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you look at Vito Airju from, from Cornell up there at eight. So, you know, he's going to drop into Sebastian Rivera. Speaking of one or big 125-pounders, that kid is ginormous as well. Um, you know, so so an eight there. Um, and, and then you got uh, uh, Elijah Oliver there who uh, knocked out Zeke Moisey in about – 12 seconds, I think, last week at at the uh, uh, Big Ten tournament in the first round. I feel like Zeke Moisey's been wrestling for 100 years. Um, well, everybody I, remembers him beating Gilman. Correct. Um, and that place went nuts when that happened. Another intriguing matchup for me, just being in here in the Midwest, is Hildebrand in about 17 versus Mackle. Um, Ohio guy, two tough – Ohio guy. Two tough kids going, and the winner goes into Bresson, who's got only one loss on the season. Um, I think those guys could challenge Bresser if he's not 100% ready to go. Right. Um, you know, and, and the other thing that, that we got to talk about is at 125, I mean, these guys are literally coming off a one-hour weigh-in. Which is brutal, by the way. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think they get a pound each day. Right. Which is, I think, new to the NCAA that they do, but they do have to weigh in every single day, every single morning. And for the 125s, there is literally no recovery for some of those really big guys like Vito. I would put Pat Glory in there. I would put Sean Boz in there, uh, Piccinini. I mean, they're probably all cut weight. And we've yet to even talk about the favorites for the weight, which I would imagine would be Seabass, Spencer Lee, and Piccinini. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and I guess it's a little bit different because like 65s that cut a lot of weight, they probably get an extra hour, um, to, to, to kind of fuel back up and, and hydrate. Um, these well, guys don't. Yeah. And it happens every year. That's yeah. why I tell people, some outsiders, when they look at wrestling in the NCAAs, they go, you know, those first round matches, those seeds should clear. No, every year, almost at every weight class, somebody falls apart. And it could be their hurt. There could be their minds in the wrong place. It could be their, you know, they, they're not recovering well from their weight loss. All sorts of reasons. But those first round matches to me are almost just as fun as the semis where the kids can be a little timid because they don't want to blow their right. shot to go to the finals. Um, now, let me ask you about this. So this goes back to the to the seeding. Um, I'm just looking at the number 27 and 32 seeds. If I'm not mistaken, last week, the kid from Campbell beat the kid from Chattanooga. Jason and I are Southern Conference guys, so we'll notice this stuff. I mean, uh, Alonzo Allen got an at-large bid. Right. He did not qualify the weight. Um, I believe the Campbell guy did win the weight class, and yet the Chattanooga guy comes in at a higher seed than him. And, and it's not like, I mean, he was 22-2 and two and just got upset. I mean, he's got nine losses. And chances are they're both, you know, not going to make – an All-American right. in, in this weight class, so I don't know what kind of a big deal it is, but he literally beat the guy, you know, less than a week ago. You know, that's a, that's a tough one to swallow if I'm if I'm 
Coach Colette at Campbell. Well, do you think maybe like, let's just say an Ohio State coach, let's just say a Tom Ryan's on the committee, which I believe he is. Do they even, I mean, is that something that he even pays attention to? You would think they would have all the information. Yeah, I'm sure they have it in front of them. Um, but you and I both know we've been in seed meetings. Unfortunately, we have. <laughs> and um, shout out to the Kings coach. And then you know that when you're in a seed meeting, they don't always have their information. Or you might have it and you just overlook it. I just got Yeah. Or somebody doesn't get, you know, present, present the case in the way that they wanted to or it doesn't come across. Or maybe you get a coach that just doesn't give a crap and goes like, you're either good enough or you're not. Um, and 32-28, who cares? No <laughs> Right. So good, best of luck to all those SOCON guys. That, uh, hopefully it'll be a good experience for them. But everybody watched that bottom the bottom two matches, you know, 25 and 26. To me, those are the most intriguing ones. Right out of the gate with uh, Foz going right into Piccinini. And most likely the winner of that going into Pat Glory. Man, what that is a tough little bottom uh, quarter. Well, Fleetwood was Fleetwood was at Central Michigan, correct? Jeez, oh Pete, that guy's like nine foot tall. Yeah, and he he can definitely wreak some havoc in there too with going into into uh, Pat Glory. Well, 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 let's look at let's look at match twenty three. Ohio State pulled Heinzelman's redshirt. I mean, is that a good a good decision now? Now that we're looking at it, I mean, look, he's twenty six seed. Yeah, I don't know what the rule is there in terms of coaching. Like, what's worth pulling a kid's red shirt? You know, you hear several coaches' philosophies on it. But the bottom line is, from what I take away, when John Smith and, and Tom Brands and Tom Ryan talk about it, is you don't pull a red shirt unless this guy is going to contend for All-American status or he's going to contend for a national title. Otherwise, you follow the course. Kale Sanderson, one of my all-time favorite interviews is when he scared Christian piles to death. When, you know, he asked him, are you pulling his red shirt? I, I think they were maybe talking about Mark, Mark Hall. Oh, right. And they did end up pulling it, but I may have the guy wrong, but Kale gave him a death stare. Like, do you know something more, th- more than me? Or you have some inside information there. That was a, it was a great interview with typical Kale. He didn't say anything. Right. All right. So who's picking first, you picking or am I? All right. What do you want to pick? The finalists? Yeah, let's let's go finalists. All right. I'm going to stick with Imani. You know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Um, Spencer Lee, who has been shaky at this, for right. Spencer Lee was as, as dominant as he was last year. Uh, I'm going to go with Spencer to pull through the bottom, and I'm not sure how. The word on Spencer, and, you know, you get some of these stats from Blow and other places, is that he – scores a bunch of points early and then kind of coast late. And if you can stay out of his tilts uh, when he's on top, you got a shot come third period. And I hate to say that, you know, that's not right, but it's working for people right now. I'm going to take Sebastian Rivera and Spencer Lee to go to the finals. And Sebastian Rivera is an unbelievable athlete. Jason Laughlin is picking Seabass, Sebastian Rivera, 25 and one. Northwestern University as the 125 pound champion. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, so I'm 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 going to be the one that's going to have some fun. I, I love picking upsets. I love underdogs. Um, and look, in the top, Vito did not have a great last weekend, but he's one one with Pat Boyd. Yeah, got him last week. Right. So I am going to pick Vito to come out of the top. And I'm going to pick Spencer Lee to come out of the bottom. And I say it all the time. Sometimes those guys that have been there, been in the finals, they always find a way 
to make it happen again. Um, so I am going to pick Spencer Lee over Vito in the finals. And we didn't say anything about this young man, but Jack Mueller said <laughs> undefeated. I mean, that kid is big size one twenty five. He is going to be a he's going to be a force here. We can't sleep on him. I still am going to stick with Sebastian Rivera's athleticism. Yep. All right, 133. I'm going to be honest. I have not <laughs> looked at this bracket yet, but. All right, so you. Okay, hold on, hold on. First, first thing that pops out is Tariq Wilson at 11. That's the one, that's the first one that pops out to me. Does that put him up top? No, it puts him down low, so he's going to hit uh, Lee Siriano, who I'm glad he took that, uh, whatever thing he had on his chin strap for a while. He took that off. Well, you got, it looks like. Oh, yeah, okay. I found him, yeah. But he's got to get past the backpack. Three comes in the backpack. Uh, and then the winner of that most likely goes into Suriano. Uh, right, right. Who is hot right now. The guy yeah. is wrestling well. For as shaky as he was early in the season, he looks like he's putting it together right now. At the right time, man, is he he's a strong athlete. All right, what do you put into uh, Michic defaulting out last week? I, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, uh, I don't know with the strategy, if there's strategy involved there or any of that stuff. They're still on the same, you know, half side with Suriano and Michik. When they wrestled before, it, it was tight, but Michik was never in danger of being scored upon. I thought he controlled most positions. So I don't think they were running from Suriano or anything like that. I'm going to give the guys the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know, they had a legitimate wrestler, a legitimate reason for not sending them out there, whatever, whatever it was. And it, being a medical more uh, forfeit, I'm going to go with that's what it was. Um, what do you think about uh, Philippi from Pitt? Man, I, where, where does this guy, like, where do you put him? I mean, he, was, he beat Pitt, Pitt, and then he comes off of the beating fix, and then he loses to. He's got a loss. Um, Let's look up what his losses are. It was not a very good loss. Yeah, but we're, we're, we want to know. All right, so he lost 5-3 to Corbin Myers from Virginia Tech, and he lost to Nicky Suriano 11-3. to But no, no disrespect to Corbin Myers, but he's a 14 seed coming into this. Uh, you know, I, I he did just beat Corbin Myers last week. So he two one tiebreaker though. Wow. So clearly that's that's a massive issue for him. But he's away from that guy. So another big one thirty three rolled and lanky and up on top. I know he gave picks, you know, in beating picks, he he him So that would be the semis then. That would be the semis if you know and Sleep on Tucker there from Cornell. I know you love those guys from Cornell. Um, he's tough. 27 and 4 sitting there at the 9 seat. All right. So, gosh. I, Where do you go? Uh, yeah, I know. And and, well, and, I'm, and I'm looking because I, I do not think that Lezak can beat Seriano. No, I would think Seriano's a little too sound, you know, a little too strong, and he probably gets away from him. And, you know, the length of Lee Zach is not going to affect him that much. I say that, but who knows? 
do, do you think, and, and I'm looking, now I'm looking, Montori Bridges, I mean, last year, All-Americans. Had a great tournament. Yeah. Essentially, in my eyes, came out of nowhere. I'm sure in his eyes, he was meant to be there. Um, but he's the 12, so he's going to run into Pletcher. And, you know, the one thing about Pletcher, every match is 4-3, 5-3, 2-1. Um, you know, so he's leaving that. He's leaving that. Yeah, you're one guy takedown away from from losing a match when you're three foot tall off the ground. People have a hard time getting to your legs. <laughs> for sure. He's got phenomenal flexibility, phenomenal balance, and when he's in a low position, I don't know how you score on the guy. He's tough to hold down because he bounces so well from the bottom position. But his offense is, for lack of a better word, it's it struggled all year. Right. Well, and Montori Bridges fires points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, that, that's a tough one. Hmm. He didn't Pletcher clear that summer. He wrestled well last week to take out um, Bravo Young there for Penn State and avenge that loss with Pletcher there. And but then, you know, he was the benefit of Michich defaulting because you had Suriano and DeSanto. Um, and Michich uh, destroyed Pletcher in the duel. And it got away from him a little bit. He put him on for a yeah, turf and head pressed him a couple of times. Right. He near falls with a recover from that. Got DeSanto down in the bottom. I like him to clear at least his quarter of the meter. And I don't know that where that puts him in mental backs and who that puts him against. That's too hard to figure out. Well, let's just rewind. Well, first of all, let's just rewind. Approximately 12 months ago is when DeSanto became one of the most hated guys in the tournament, and it was against Michich. Right. Well, and what people sleep on is, I, you know, the Michich, to me, he got a little outclassed in the match where, where Michich kind of controlled the situation, even though Michich got teched by him or whatever at Vegas right. last year. Well, it was like 14. Nobody I mean, he really talks about him falling apart in that Rutgers match and that rep match to place. Right. For the, for the average spectator watching it, to me, it was a complete meltdown. He had that match won and under control. And I wonder if he's still at, at Drexel if things went his way last year. Right. They didn't. And he ends up at Iowa. And maybe it happens for a reason. But um, that was a little painful to watch. I'm not going to lie. And I wasn't really rooting for him or against him. But I'll give that Rutgers kid credit that beat him. He, he you know, he was out of the match. And third period came back and, and won it. Right. Um, Bravo Young, he's one that I just I can't figure out. Um, you know, he lost to Thornton from Purdue, was kind of like his first loss. Thornton's down there in the 15 seed. Um, Ursland's doing a good job there at Purdue. Um, but gosh, I just don't. All right, so I'm going to pick finalists. Yeah, I got the first. All right, um, man, fix is fun to watch. I'm going to pick fix to clear the top. All right, look, I took an eight seed last. Can you give me who he's going to wrestle in the semi? Semi, I'm going to go with. Mm, mm, mm. Don't sleep on Tucker. I know he can't get to the semi. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I think that Bridges is going to lose to Pletcher just because Pletcher doesn't come out of position, and I, I'm just afraid. So you got you got Pletcher versus Philippine in the quarter. Yeah, and, and at that point, I'm, okay, then I'm I'm taking 
Philippi, Philippi, however we pronounce his name. I'm going to pick him to go with Fix and the Semis on the other side. Gosh, I can't go just go with Seeds. That that would totally defeat the purpose. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I'm going to go with – I mean, look, Nicky Seriano has been solid as hell. So, um, you know, other than I – mean, he's got three losses. His losses are to DeSanto. Where his other losses to? Uh, Santo, Michich, Michich, right? And fix. Okay. And a choke hole. Oh. No, that was the Santa. Yeah. There were some great. Uh, oh, right, right, right. They said he locked hands like four times. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Suriano versus. Uh, I'm going to say that Iowa corrects it and goes DeSanto, but I'm going to pick Suriano to get to the finals with Fix. And I just do not see Fix losing this tournament. Let me clarify. You're going DeSanto, DeSanto to clear the bottom quarter over Mujic. I'm just going that, I'm going that default had, had something to it. You're saying it didn't. I'm saying it did. I could totally be off. All right. Um, I'm pretty much in line with you. I'm going to give Pletcher, who seems to always step up. I'm going to go Fix versus Pletcher in the top. Semi, Soriano versus Michik, and I'm going to take Hicks versus Michik, and I will take the Michigan guys who win the weights. So you're, I don't know why, but I got a feeling that when he's on, don't forget, man, he had one of the best summers ever. Oh, no, for sure. You know, he was right there for this world championship, mm -hmm. and uh, he was doing well. Until, and and first you know, of all, how did he make 125 at the world championships? I think if you train for a living, I mean, I don't know, when you're working out 18 hours a day or whatever it is, you probably make it. But you, I don't know that you really want to make it. All right. 41. All right. What about Chad Red's uh, Big Ten yeah. tournament? Chad Red is always fun to watch. Um my daughter was watching Big Ten with me, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really pay attention to wrestling. And she kept saying, "Why is that kid dancing to warm up?" I said, "That's Chad Red. Yeah. He's just in the zone and getting ready to go." Looking uh, forward to the two Ohio guys wrestling at 145 or about number 45. Oh, yeah. Moore versus Don Davis. Don Davis got a nasty inside trip. <laughs> oh, what about what? Not. What about that? It was inside trip. He took another inside trip. He didn't know what hit him. Coach Smith did not look happy with, with that performance. Um, this is our first glance at the weight classes, guys. So I was going to say, yeah. We're going to have some little bit of dead time here as I quickly look for just um, matchups that could be problematic for people. You, you know, one last week, Mikey Carr, every, you know, the, he got the number one seed at the Big Tens, um, took a couple losses. I think, what, he ended up finishing like ninth or something. Um, you know, but he gets a sixth seed. Uh, and I think he lost to Murin, did he not? Uh, he did, I believe. Yeah. Um, you got, I heard, I think, Willie from Flow talk about Buffalo today. He said, Buffalo has got more kids in the weight class that I know nothing about than any other school. I found that interesting. Well, he's 12 and 2. So there's, I mean, one of the, there's one of the fine silvers there. And, and, or, and, and there's only 12 of them. All right. They, they run the entire Duke program, <laughs> which should be fun. Um, so you got, you got the, the returning national champion, 24-0, Yanni D, uh, leading the weight class. I don't know that many people are going to be able to match up with him and his style. Well, and that's what I think. You know, look, Demas is fun to watch, but I don't think he can come. I don't think he can stay on the mat. Um, 
and take out uh, I just don't Yanni. Know, I just don't know how you finish on Yanni. I get yeah. how you run with him, and maybe he'll get tired or something. Like you know, maybe you can be you know use some strategy to hang with him. But how do you take the guy down? Right. I, I just you don't see it happen. You got McKenna and Lee two and three. I think that's fair. Um, and Albert is a, is a war horse of college wrestling and he or college wrestlers. And he's, uh, you know, just a, you know, a phenomenal wrestler and a phenomenal young man from what I hear. And he's going to go with Jaden Ironman there in that quarter. Well, he's got to get past the Cincinnati boy and Corey Shy first round. Well, Corey Shy is a tough, tough, tough kid. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully, hopefully well, yeah, I mean, he's, what is he, a redshirt freshman? Yeah, I think he's a freshman. So, uh, he got an at-large bid. We're cheering for Corey. Hopefully he'll, he'll be competitive there, but that's, it, it should be exciting for him and his opportunity. But I like that matchup with Ironman and Albert. I mean, I root for Ironman, uh, as I watch him wrestle because one, he's exciting to watch, man. That guy just brings it. You never know what, what, where he's going to go or how he's going to fall. Um, it's one thing he doesn't do is he never wrestles a boring match. Look at my guy, Cade Brock with the 15 seed down there about 57. And he goes right into the Buffalo kid who is tough. Too. Right. 14 matches. So again, you're like, ah, yeah. So, um, you know, McKenna, I like where he's at and, you know, where he, McKee gives him fits though. I was at that when I believe it was McKee who beat him when McKenna was, did not place. He pinned him in overtime. When was that? At his last year at Stanford. In a round of 12 in the match to place, he was pinned in overtime by. Was that, or was that Thorne? It might have been Thorne. Whoever it was, it was a Minnesota Man. guy and he gives him fits. But I'm cheering for McKenna. He's also fun to watch. He's got singles to both sides. And you always worry about a kid that can attack both sides of the body, or at least I do, because how do you stop him? You know, you can game plan all you want, but if one leg's <laughs> you shut him down on one side, he's got the single on the other. Um, you know, as I'm looking at this, and, and I'm kind of looking like quarters, look, we know there's going to be some upsets, and, and where is it going to be? But, you know, I don't see a whole lot of these low seeds sneaking in. I mean, you know, I'd like to think that Cam Kelly from OU can – can do something, but you know he's he's never never shown it yet. If he does, you know he's probably going to have to do it in the max. And he might be one of those kids. Um, he lost early last week, right? Back and battled and back. came back through. Every year it happens where one kid falls into the wrestlebacks, and that's all you need is a kid with the right mindset that goes, "Yeah, I'm here, but who cares? I'm in the wrestlebacks." And those guys that come off those quarterfinal losses, sometimes their mind is just not with it. We see it's it as high school, high school coaches. I mean, I had a kid at the state tournament last week that falls apart after, you know, things in his mind don't go the way they should. So it's right. tough for those guys to wrestle back. It's tough for them to make weight. It's tough for them to, you know, ignore what just happened 20 minutes ago and get ready for their next match. No, I get it. One of my kids got tech fall in the semis. I don't know that he's been tech fall in his life. And how do you come back from that? Right. Hopefully, uh, it's not easy, but I think sometimes the kids have the right mindset. Yeah, because I mean, look, you got Sedarian Perry is nineteen. I mean, last year he caught fire and he had a losing record. I think coming in. Sure. And what did I see? I think I saw a tweet today that six Eastern Eastern Michigan guys qualified for the NCAA's that were at Eastern either last year or the year before. 
And yeah, because I think Chattanooga has one, not Tanner Smith. I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter. I, I get angry every time I think about like Oregon and schools that have dropped wrestling over the years. It just it frustrates me. There's just I can't even begin to think what's going on in their minds when they talk about dropping programs. But I see wrestling in a different light than some ADs on here. All right, so now it sounds like we're picking semis. So now you got to pick semis here. To me, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I think um, this one's. I don't want to say it's cut. I'm going to go against you though in the semi. Uh, I, I like Hickley uh, to clear the semi, um, and I like Joey McKenna to clear the semi, and I like McKenna to win. Um, I didn't like the way he wrestled when when Nick Lee beat him. He fell apart and looked like he got tired or he was hurt. In my top half, and I don't know why I started in the bottom, I like Ironman to clear to the semi against Diakamalis. And there's, you know, I just, until somebody slows a returning champ down, I just can't bet against them. There's no way. Diakamalis, to clear the top, he'll beat Ironman in the semis, Joey McKenna, and... Nick Lee in the bottom semi, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take McKenna versus Diakamalis in the finals with Diakamalis coming out on top. Two time champ, gonna be going for four times. Yeah, I mean Diakamalis is is I, I mean again I don't know how you deal with him, but I'm gonna pick Albert to go against Diakamalis just because I love Doug Schwab and I love uh, I love his wife's tweets. Um, so yeah, I'm see the one where she had the kid climbing out of the crib last week. She's got the camera on the crib, and the kid falls out of the crib on their head. Like, I'm not supposed to be getting out of the crib, but it was like going over to see one of the other kids in another crib and falls out on their head and just gets right back. I saw the one where they were hand fighting at the gate, and one of them grabbed the other one's face, a full face, and just squeezed the piss out of it. Um, But I'm going to go with, uh, on the bottom half, look, I mean, Mikey Carr with a 12 and 5, I know he's tough as hell, but I just... I don't think that Nick Lee's going to lose there, and uh, on the bottom, I'm going to go with Joey McKenna. So I'm going with I'm going with seeds. I'm going Yanni D and Joey McKenna, and I am going to pick Yanni D as well. Pick a dark horse in this weight. Who's your dark horse? Not seated top eight, but it's going to be an All American. All right. Um, if I'm going to do that, I'll take Don Demas at the ninth seed, and. With Chandler being hot right now, you know, I don't know how the whole, I'm not going to take the time to look at how the wrestleback right. is going to shake down. But if Chandler gets hot in a wrestleback, I don't know why you can't go through it. I love Don Demas. He's explosive. He's fun. When he's on, Cam Kelly, I'm rooting for the guy. It seems like he's been in college for a long time. Yeah, I think he has to be a senior, right? Uh, 27 year old senior. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 20, 27 sounds like some of our seniors in high school. All right. Um, I'm going to go with. No, 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 no. I'm going to go with um, Trist, Tristan Moran from Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I've watched him and he's solid. Um, I know he's got nine losses, but hell, someone's got to come through and be a. Did he lose to. Murray last week at the Big Tennis. He might have. That is a first real match, sir. Correct. But, again, you said somebody always comes through. So I'm not saying he's going to beat Murray in the first round. I'm just saying he's my dark horse pick. I'm looking at Jamal Morris there. Yeah. State, 22 and 3. 
But he was, I think he was 33 last year, wasn't he? Just, you can't, I can't. Oh, no, no, Tariq, right. I guess some of these match, first round matches are just going to be unbelievable. You're not going to be able to. All right, 49. 49. Hmm, what jumps out at me first? We got Kalodzic at the five seed. Um, That's a gift because he is not wrestling well right now. Correct. He's got some very, very questionable losses. I'm not saying that the guy uh, doesn't deserve a five seed uh, with his loss to um, who was um, uh, was it George Mason? Shout out to Cam Eppert. He's uh, texting one of my kids right now, recruiting him. So, uh, so was it that Tijon Anthony is is who beat Kalonzik? All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in here. National, who is a, a six-year senior probably with a medical or whatever hardship he got last year, undefeated. Jordan coming in two. Silver sneaking in there with the three. One of the 19 silver in this tournament, or we've seen over the years, I get them all confused. That's probably a pretty good seat for him. Brock Mueller from Mizzou at 29 and 2 at the four. And returning national champion and runner up, uh, Kalodzic. Kalodzic lost to Jared Prince, Anthony Ashnall, and Parker Cropman. From Drexel. Drexel, that was the matchup. Yeah. Again, is the Yeah. He didn't make the right? Yeah, maybe he did. All right, so I, I'm looking, um, and the, the quarter that I'm looking at is match 71 and 72, and that's G Feller and Bleas. And then Maruka and Lugo. Um, and I think uh, G. Fowler beat Lugo close. Um, and I think my big, my big question for the NCAA tournament is, does Micah Jordan choose down in any match? Why? I feel I'm like Willie Flow who gets the guy is he gets so angry about everything. Why do you put kids down in high stakes wrestling? You're not proving a point. It's not a teachable moment. You put the kid in his best situation to win. You don't overthink it. Which you is gonna be on his feet. I don't care what the score is. I don't care if you're down five, I don't care if you're down one. I don't care. You put him in his best situation. His best, his best wrestling position, and you win or lose with that. You walk off the mat knowing not, hey, did, you know, we should have done this, this. No, you go with where he's best. And I don't know that Mike is horrible down, but he's, you know, he certainly wants to stay away from the national. I thought he closed the gap on national. He did. Yeah, I thought he wrestled a lot better against national. If he learns how to kick the kid out without letting national turn around and grab his legs, he might have a better shot. <laughs> I'm getting excited though, sorry. Um, I mean, I agree. I think Mike has looked great this year. Um, what do you know about uh, from Mizzou? <laughs> that's the one. I, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about him. I wish I knew more about him. But he's got uh, did not make the finals last year. With, with, uh, um, Rutherford. Oh, 
in that room. Also, Rutherford's decent. Colossi got third. All right, so let's look up Brock Mahler here and see. I want to see some quality names of people. All right, so he has a loss 11 to 4 to Jarrett Deegan from Iowa State. He beats Gaffar, who we know is tough. Right. Beat him 10 to 4, so he beat him solid. He lost to Iowa State. I Probably, uh, lost. Well, and look who his second loss is to. Jarrett Deegan again, seven to four. That one was early. Yeah, last one was last week, probably. Uh, no, that was in the duel on the twenty fourth of February. Okay. So, so he's only lost to one kid, and that kid is in a different quarter than his. Lugo sitting at ten is going to be a match at Cabo for whoever is wrestling. Austin O'Connor at six. Hammer. You got Brady Berge at 12 that's going to run into Kolodzik, and if Kolodzik's not on his game. This is kind of up in the air. Uh, you got there at 8. Uh, Justin Oliver seems like he's been in college forever at NC State for 9. Has he been at NC State the whole time? No, he was he's at Central Michigan, yeah. All-American, I think, is a sophomore. Right, right. Oh, he was one of those ones that transferred with all the guys. He's got a graduate cut. Transfer, which is that's the uh, Seth Gross transfer portal. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and I'll run this out and I'll take my semis here. I'm going to take. I I can't bet against Kolasic to clear, so Kolasic's going to come through this semi. I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say he's been there before. Uh, he's going to go against the uh, Ashnault. Okay, I'm going to agree with you on the top half. I totally agree with you on the top half. And I'm going to save my picks there to make it out. Um, I hate taking Duke to clear. Uh, five silvers are always just tough, hard-nosed kid. Um, so it would be fine silver versus Austin O'Connor. Can we look up how that match went? Because you know they've wrestled week. nine times. I like uh, I like. Caden Gefeller, even though he lost to Lugo, I believe in the duel. No, he beat Lugo in the duel. No, Lugo he? beat him because remember Lugo, like, oh, that's they were right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look, so he beats Gefeller. Lugo gets a 10. Feller gets a 7. I know it's not always apples to apples, so you have to take it in. So I'm going to take Micah versus, um, I'm going to take Lugo. Lugo to clear, Micah to clear. And I'm going to take Micah in the semi versus it's either going to be O'Connor or Fine Silver, depending on how those. Fine Silver has beaten O'Connor twice. Tight. 6 4 in the duel, 5 1 in the ACCs. I'm going to take my guy Fine Silver. My daughter to Duke this summer and met the coach there. Super nice guy. Got a tour of their facilities. Um, it was pretty impressive as to what they've got going on there. And, I didn't know that they've got nine kids from one family on their team running things. <laughs> Those guys must be tough. So in my finals, I'm going to take Ashnault versus Micah. And I'm going to be the donkey here, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Micah runs out of kicking out correctly, and Micah's going to find a way to win on his last trip last trip to uh, the NCAAs. All right, and that'll make that Jeff very happy. Uh, I'm at the top. I went with you on Ashnault Kolodzik. 
I am going to pick Josh Heil from Campbell to come through in that quarter. I just there's something that tells me it's not going to be fine silver. Um, so I'm going to pick Josh Heil, uh, which I guess would make him my dark horse for the weight. I think so too. I mean, if you got him clear in O'Connor. Yeah, he's got to put two together because he's got to beat O'Connor and, and find Silver back to back. Well, if, if you're, you know, from the Southern Conference, you're going to have to put more than two together. Wow. Right here. So that's just how it goes. Um, gosh, well, and if I'm going to do that, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to put the three together. So I'll pick Micah to go with him. I'll go against you. I'll take Ashnall over Micah uh, in the finals. Let's hope that Micah doesn't run into someone that takes top. Yeah. And if my best position is top, you better believe if I wrestle Micah Jordan, I'm not going to let him take me down and kick me out. I'm going to choose top as soon as I can. Yep. Getting tired and see what I can do. 57. Um... I just barely listened to the flow guys, and they were pretty upset about Pantaleo being four and Deacon being three. I guess Pantaleo beat him handily at the Big Tens uh, last week. But Pantaleo does have seven losses. He's fun to watch, and no. look at the five. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I was – maybe they did it on purpose. Returning national finals. Same way? Yep. You know, and you get put on the side of Nolf. Yeah. So, I'm just looking for some. I like the matchup of Larry Early and, and Monday, first round, about 87. Right. Should be some fireworks there. Uh, don't sleep on Caleb Young. I kind of like where he's sitting there. Well, and he and last week he, he smoked Keyshawn. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And Keyshawn has a. Uh, he did. Well, and he's small, and Young's big. Uh, and I'm not going to say that Keyshawn's small, but, I mean, you know, I think if he had his druthers, he definitely would be at 49. Hell, he may even be at 41. Maybe. He's had a rough go at Ohio State and trying to find his way into a competitive weight class where he can really be him and, and have a chance to shine. I think it's just how it goes when you're at... When, when you're at one of those big schools. schools where, you know... They've got 20 kids on their team. They're all world wrestlers. Um, hmm. So, obviously, nobody in their right mind is going to go against Nolf. No. And they shouldn't. Um, you talk about fun to watch, creative, make stuff up, kind of revolutionizes the sport, which is what really good kids, next level kids do. So, so what you're saying is when my son says his favorite wrestler is Jason Nolf, then Jason Nolf's doing his his job in the sport? I would say yes. However, I would have a hard time telling my son to emulate Jason Knopf. Um, not, not for any reason other than I don't know that you can you know, come from my genetics. You're going to have a hard time doing what Jason Knopf does. Yeah, yeah. You may want to get a little more solid and get in some really good position and not ever violate that position. My son does not follow those rules. Well, hopefully that will work out for him. So, I, you know, and Burger down at the two, he's, he is solid. And he closed the gap a little bit on Nolf, but it looked like he didn't really open up much. Um, it didn't look like he got to any offense. He looked like he was more about shutting Nolf down, which good luck with that. But uh, it, he seemed to wrestle well at the Big Ten. So he's, 
he's in a good position. I think. Claire, is this you or me? Uh, I think you went first last time, so I should probably take this one. I want to see you throw Caleb out there and go ahead and take out Deacon and Clear. Well, I'm going to take Nolf. Um, well, obviously. Kind of, we're going to take Nolf all the way. Yeah, so Nolf, we're calling Nolf the champ, right? I uh, Well, yeah, and I'm, I don't think anybody beats him. So we got to pick on this bottom half. Um, well, let's stay up top here because you can't sleep on Pantaleo. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Hidley. I, I mean, look, I get it. He's the five seed. He was in the finals last year. Um, so he knows how to wrestle in this tournament. Um, He's got a loss to Larry Early. Who's on the other side? And who else did he lose to? Hidley. Um, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Um, who do you like him to wrestle? Though? Who do you like him to wrestle? Oh, you said Hidley. Oh, yeah, I'm going with Hidley. Uh, and the other side, I'm going to go, I am going to go with Caleb Young. Um, I just, Deacon, I don't, he hit a wall last week. So I don't know, uh, what happened there. Um, uh, he may get it back together because he's looked awfully good all year. Uh, but I'm going to go with Caleb Young, uh, to wrestle. God dang. Well, take, I mean, I guess I got to take Berger because I, I don't know who else in that quarter goes with you. Have you seen Berger wrestle this year? Yes, I have. Uh, he is impressive. No, he. <laughs> and he's, I just he's like, like a fighter, nasty, tough kid, man. You don't want to wrestle. I'm like, he, like throw punches, stuff. No, he, do, he doesn't do anything, I guess, that uh, when I leave the match, I go, oh, gosh, did you see all the things that he did? Yeah, just look at the other kids' face. <laughs> right. We're going to wear Tyler Berger for the next three days. So I guess you go with Tyler Berger, and uh, I'm going with Tyler Berger and Caleb Young, and I will go with, gosh, I hate going with ones versus twos because I know it doesn't happen all that much. But I'm going to go with one versus two because I think Berger will beat Young. Uh, so obviously I'll go Knopf over Burger. And and I, I so the complaint was obviously they feel like Deacon should be four or five, Headley should be in the mix, and Pantaleo should be moved up since he did it. I don't like Pantaleo Pantaleo here. I'm gonna take Headley versus Nolf. Nolf making it out. I like Deacon to get his stuff together this week. Hopefully he can put some matches together. And I got so Hidley lost, just so you know, he lost to Larry Early in the duel, and then he lost to Tyler Berger uh, in a duel 5-2, and, and since then he has not lost. He beat Rachmani. Uh, shout out to Sean Andrews at Marysville, uh, eight to two, and then he he beat um, Jake Keating. Um, so so he only has two losses, and they were early. So uh, you know that that makes me wonder where that five come from. You know, right? It, it's a tough place to put a returning national finalist. Um, I feel confident though. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guy Deacon, who's had a great season. Hopefully he can continue uh, and pull it back together from a shaky tournament last week the Big Tens. Uh, Nolf versus Berger for both of us, and we both have Nolf winning. And then 65, holy dog shit, first round. Oh my excuse, excuse my French. 
if that's what it is. But Joseph Smith as the 33 seed. Has and, the tournament. And, got a big and he will wrestle Alex Marinelli. And, and we all know that Joseph Smith looked like he hit the wall, probably from the weight cut. And he will be one of the first matches up. And then have to back it up with Alex Marinelli, who will put the pace on it. Yeah, um, that's probably a bad matchup for Jojo right off the start. Um, what did I hear that Joseph Smith was three and two at 165, which explains the 33rd seed. He is a one-time All-American, I believe. And you know, obviously, the big thing at Oklahoma State is you've got Chandler Rogers, Joe Smith, uh, Jacoby Smith, uh, and you know, they got a whole handful of guys all at the same weight that could easily be all Americans. Uh, we'll see what he's made out of either way. So if he loses first round after he, assuming he wins his, his pigtail, you know, coming back in those wrestlebacks being big and struggling to make weight, that that's a recipe for disaster. And, and look, I'm not going to lie. I, I think the top half is a cluster. I mean, there are just some hammers in here. Um, you got Makai Lewis. Look no uh, further though than Wick. No, well, they're on the same side as Marinelli. Well, I know that's he can't stop his post high cross post double, but he gets on top and Bono starts, you know, yelling, "We're ruining the sport!" Like somebody did from Wisconsin last week, as Marinelli was stuck up with his head on the mat with both boots in. No, I I agree, but I but I'm gonna tell you. I mean, you throw double boots in. What the hell am I supposed to do? I don't know. I'm gonna sit there and hit all your rifle balls down. I don't know how you get out of there. The guy's nine foot tall. And he's ripping your arms off. Uh, I put my head down too. You know, but does does Marsteller give Wick fits? I think so. I mean, because he's he's only three foot tall, so I mean, he's built like Marin <laughs> Marinelli. I mean, so, yeah, Makai Lewis, you already brought that up. He's coming into Marinelli. Marinelli does not. I mean, that, that is not an easy draw. Well, then you got uh, you got uh, Joe Smith's uh, nemesis from last week, Demetrius Romero. Uh, from Utah Valley that's there at the number nine. I mean, that top half is just a grind. Fields at three. Um, Chenzo at two. And, you know, you watch the match with Chenzo and Marinelli again. Mar uh, Chenzo. How, wait, how great was it, though, that they showed the, the inside trip body lock from last year? And, and, then, and then, like... 20 seconds later, the same exact thing happened. As dominant as Penn State has been, Shinzo is the one guy I feel like everybody doesn't count on. Right. Everybody waits for the like him to fall apart, like like things are not going to go his way. The guy is a two-time national champion. And and he beat a decent kid. <laughs> are you kidding me? The guy is explosive. He's fun. Um he kind of is a, he's got a little bit more of a European style where he stands up upright a little bit more and presents his legs and kind of dares you to take him. You notice Marinelli didn't change levels and get his legs and take him down. It was more off of Chenzo trying his, his home run move and then stopped it not once, but twice right. in the two matches he's beat him. You'd like to think that the kid would let's go solid and see what happens at that point. Although Marinelli was pushing the pace and taking ground the whole match right. and was like, right. To me, it was an obvious choice who was going to win there. Logan, Logan Massa there at six. Uh, he, it seems like he's been in college for 19 years. And I'm sure he's. And I don't even think he's a senior. I, I mean, Isaiah White there at seven. Uh, you know, when he gets hot, like his teammates, 
Down there at the bottom as well. This this weight class is going to be fun to watch. You got Tayshawn Kent coming home with Pittsburgh. Um, he's in that top half there with. He's in the grind, man. Huh? Talk about a big sixty-five pounder. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to jump. I'm going to go. Look, the bottom half I think is just a. a I'm going with. You're standing in the bottom. I'm, I'm starting in the bottom because I think that's the easier one to go with. Um, I'm going uh, Vincenzo in the bottom. To clear to the finals? To clear all the way to the finals. I, and I, and I, think, I think it's not going to be Shields or Massa. Um, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Massa. I'm going to go with Chinzo clears Massa. And in the top, this, this is this is where it gets a little crazy because I think it's going to be Marinelli and Marsteller in the semis. Uh, for some Do reason, you think Marinelli would welcome that as opposed to wrestling for the nineteenth time. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? I, although mm -hmm. they have to have some history, would be my guess. I don't know Marinelli, Marsteller. They wrestle in a field of junior, um, things like that, but. Um, you know, if he knows he's not going to be double booted, um, but is it is it the battle of the post high crotches? I believe Rick pinned Marcella last year. You know what? Now that you I say remember, that, I remember seeing a highlight of a cradle coming out of nowhere and Marcella kind of going, "What just hit me?" Yeah, well, I well, think that, that, Wick, but Wick did that. I think to almost everybody last year. I mean, sure. didn't he beat Marinelli like fourteen to three? I yeah, think. Yeah, this is swan song there. Yeah. Um, so you like Marinelli to clear that side? I do. Versus yes, I like Marinelli versus Marsteller. I'm going to take Marinelli, and I'm going to take Marinelli to repeat. I feel like he is the kryptonite to Vincenzo Joseph. I'm toying with the idea of going different with you. I'm going to have Wick coming through there. Um, yeah, I, Wick, I totally get that. Wick versus Marinelli. I'm just toying with the idea of can Marinelli pull him up. I, we can't run with him on his feet. He can't. Like, no. He just gives up his legs like too easy. And I'm going to take Marinelli versus Joseph. And I'm going to stick with what I've said all along that, you know, you're going to have to beat him at, at when the lights are on. I'm going to take Joseph to win it all. I'm going to take Joseph one. I'm going to take Marinelli two. Uh, please don't misconstrue my words. I'm not rooting for, for Joseph to win. I just think Joseph gets it done when the lights come on and Marinelli will uh, maybe get to see a different side of Joseph that he hasn't seen in the two matches that he's wrestling in. 74. All right, 174. So here we are back at 174. Uh, anything jump out at you at 174? I like the first night matchup between Mikey Lavanella and Jacoby Smith, about 235. I want those guys to come out of there. Jacoby Smith is unbelievably explosive. Mike Lavery was fun to watch, too. Um, tough guys going pretty early in the tournament. Hmm. How Maybe I'm just looking for your opinion on this. How does Valencia go so dominant last year? So dominant. Beach, beach Ringer. He's Still dominant, and he's got to be like next level athlete, and, and I get that. 
it almost seems like maybe he hasn't recovered from the dank loss, but like he certainly has not been as dominant as he was last year. Uh, he's 28 and 2 with losses to Lewis, and maybe he got caught in pinned against Lewis. All right? right. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, I just feel like he was separated from everybody last year. I agree. And there was nobody close to him. He's, you know, in everybody's mind, he's right there with Kyle Dake to make the world team. Dake shuts that down because he's Kyle Dake. And now Valencia is, you know, he's in a grind. He might be still separated from everybody, and I'm cheering for him to separate. But I wonder what causes that to happen. Right. Um. Look, I, I, I'm picking him to win it again, though, because he he was so dominant last year, and and I just think if you're going to pull a recorder out in an interview, I'm not picking you to win. <laughs> you didn't see the backstory about No, I didn't. Nor so did the, the backstory is about there's a I think it's called Thon T H O N, and it's a it's a charitable. It's a charitable thing that Penn State does, and I guess they raise money for some form of cancer or whatever it is. So gotcha. he figured out the flow that if I play this, you guys will make a $400 donation, and I'll make a $100 donation. So he played it in his interview. And there you go. That's donated that's, $500. All right. There you go. That's 500 bucks. I, I, I get that. Although he, he certainly has some pretty good celebrations in his life. Right. Um you know, I look at, at some of these matchups. Ethan Smith from Ohio State has wrestled great. I mean, yes. basic, basically put, you know, Tishon. I mean, they, you know, they kind of battle back and forth and, and it was a better mix for them to have Tishon and Ethan Smith rather than Romero in the lineup. Um, you know, uh, the only Alabama All American of all time at the 16 seed, Womack from Cornell. Nice. Um, I think he is the only Alabama, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure on that one. Um, so you do like to so see he come back and eventually lost from Daniel Lewis. I do. And that's time to set up a rematch with Mark Yeah. <laughs> um, you like Mark Hall wrestling, obviously. You're not going to go against Mark Hall, though. And that would mean he can't well, he he some fits. He does. Talk the score up. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's super tall. Just kidding. Um, right. Yeah, I think what was the last one? I, I think when I maybe the duel, maybe it was the duel. There was a three two, three, two or four three. three. Okay. So, I mean, look, I'm I'm going to go with Hall. I mean, it, that makes it you know three years in a row they'll have wrestled at the NCAA tournament. Um, they're one and one. Um, let's go with the the Hall Valencia rematch. I'm just going to pick Valencia. Okay. I am going to go out on a limb here a little bit. I'm going to go Hall versus Valencia. And I also will take Mark Hall to win. And I know that's different from you. But I like Hall versus Amin in the top half. And I'm going to take Valencia versus the winner of, gosh, I just, I'm going to take Jacoby Smith. Yeah, it's probably an upset. Pride, Muskogee, Oklahoma, with Henry, and I only know that because Henry Jones posted that. And uh, uh, Henry Jones, which was my college teammate, uh, posted that 
that Jacoby Smith was the pride of Muskogee, Oklahoma. So uh, I like Lewis, and Lewis had to beat him last week at the Big 12. Right. So he's the favorite. I'm just going to, you know, give Okie State as they start rolling in here to their animal train here coming up soon there with their big guys coming up. That Smith is going to, you know. But, I mean, going into that animal train, do you think they thought that Joseph Smith was going to be the 33 seed? And maybe maybe they're planning on shocking the world. Maybe he's good enough to pull it off. Not with the way he wrestled last week. He's tough to score on, Chad. Very right. much so. Who's your, who's your dark horse at 74? My if dark. I have to pick someone outside of the top eight, because I like Lujan, but he's in the, inside the top eight. But my dark horse is going to be Labriola. I mean, and, and you not look past one of the fine silvers there at 12. And the Bullards from Archer, Archer, Georgia. Oh, yeah. See, I, I'm going to pick as my uh, dark horse, Dylan Lighty. From Purdue? Yep. Tough to score on. Real tough to score on. But, I mean, you know, look at McFadden, 18-2. and two. I mean, McFadden is a tough son of a gun. He's been around for a while. Yep. I, you know, I just, I'm not going to pick against Zahid there in that quarter. No. No. I have a hard time picking against him. Zahid at any point. Right. So my, my dark horse is going to be Nebraska there. Mikey Labriola. We'll see what he can do. All right. 84. I will say this is the first time right now that I'm looking at this bracket, but I will tell you, Miles Martin is on a mission. Yeah. He's been fun to watch. Um, I don't see, I feel like he's next level and he's already talking about his long term goals. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Miles this past summer, um, and he came in and uh, worked with kids at my high school. was very personable. I know that has nothing to do with him winning a national title. <laughs> but it's going to make you root for him. Absolutely. And he is smooth. He's next level. He seems to be about three steps ahead of this competition. Which yeah. is Jason Knoll style. Right. Joe Nickel style. You're three steps ahead of whatever you're thinking of doing. And throw in the fact that you're a phenomenal athlete, and you've got a recipe there for success. And and I just don't I don't see anybody on that side. Here's the drama though with this win. Not wrestling Shakur. Right. He is certainly not penalized for not wrestling the Big Ten final. Obviously, being the two seed. Lots of people are upset that, but I don't. You know, but but who do you put in front of him? I mean, I'm just looking at it. I mean, ZZ, uh, you know, he takes some losses sometimes that that make you question it. Right. So, you know, it, it's it is what it is, but a lot of people were upset that, that he didn't last week. Looks um, like I I love if I'm allowed to pick a dark horse outside of the top eight, it is for the bracket number nine. If if you give me a, a dark horse inside the top eight, I mean, do you you have to take the final X competitor and and Nick Renan? Right, uh, Nicky Renan is he's tough. He's tough. There's no doubt about it. And with NC State's success over the last five years, or however long it's been, I think the NC State guys people sleep on them every year because they're from the south, and maybe they're not as high profile as well. No, maybe they're not on uh, you know. 
the flow as much as, you know, Penn State and Ohio State and those guys, maybe just because of where we live, we don't have access to all their matches. Nicky Renan's tough. I, I mean, if you make me pick someone outside the top eight. I took number nine. I'm going to go 11. I'm going to go Louis Dupre from Binghamton. Nothing more than Binghamton to have an All-American and keep you know, keep wrestling strong in that area. Well, and just, and just sometimes, you know, people that, that, you know, from schools like that, that have some success. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll jump in here and I'll go through my quarter. Um, I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to take Miles Martin versus, um, you know, I don't know what, what you think about Dean and Parker. Uh, I like Parker in terms of athleticism, so I'm going to take the athleticism there to clear. So I'm going to take Parker versus Miles Morton in the in the half at about number five fifteen with Martin clearing in the bottom half. Gosh, I don't know about taking. I don't think I'm going to take uh, Shakur. Well, this one's tough because I don't. I mean, you know. ZZ, I picked him last year to, well, I'm to come through, and he had a horrible tournament. Drew Foster there at number six, sitting there waiting for him. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to let's go. I'm going to go upsets here. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Foster to clear there. I like Foster versus Zavetsky, and I'm going to take Rashid. I don't like to, but I'm going to because he might punch me in the face and put that cradle on me. Um, and I don't like that, so I'm going to take Rashid to clear. And I'm going to have Miles Martin beating uh, Sugar Rashid in the finals. There. All right, I'm going. Obviously, I'm going to go Martin all the way through. I don't. I mean, he's looked so good this year. Uh, in in the semis, I'm going to go with Max Dean. Um, and I think was it last year that Emory Parker took an early loss and then came back through. And was an All-American. He's a heck of an athlete. Yeah. He, uh, last week with Martin, was standing a little upright against Martin. Uh, with his legs, and uh, he certainly frustrated himself. Um, so I'm going to go with Martin to uh, hit the finals over Max Dean. Um, in the bottom half, ugh, I think there's going to be upsets down here. Uh, so I'll go. I wasn't feeling I just think I think the bottom half of 84 is kind of like the top half of 65. I mean, there's going to be some some people knocking some people off. Um, but I do like Foster. Um, you know, a, a school like Binghamton, they they got they got the surprise factor probably uh, to anybody outside of the east east coast. Um, I mean, he's got 30. I don't know how surprising you can be. All right. Um, all right. Let's just – what the hell? I'm going to go Renan versus Dupre. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, and then – Nah, and then I'll go uh, I'll go Renan to make it back to the finals. Uh, or, well, like Final X, I guess, and not, not to make it back to the finals. But I, I just don't think anybody's going to go with Renan. Wrestling with Final X. Wasn't David? It was David Taylor. Ten thousand dollar man. <laughs> All right. So ninety seven. A couple of interesting things I've heard about with ninety seven. First off, Preston Weigel coming in at the three seed at eleven and zero, 
been injured all year. I read a stat today, I guess 11-0, I don't know how impressive this is, but he, apparently he's only given up three points, or five points, three escapes and two penalty points all season long. And uh, returning All-American, Preston Weigel is, I believe, um, at the three seed at 11-0. Patrick Bucky there at four, yeah. and Jacob Warner at five. I guess they've got a history and wrestled a while. Uh, Bucky, I guess, won the duel, and Warner... It's been a bit inconsistent, but he's hot right now. You're right. I would say watch out for that quarterfinal match if both guys clear there. Obviously, neither one of us is going to go against Colin or Bo Nickel. Right. So um, I'm going to pencil Nickel in as my winner. Who's he beat in the semis? I'm going to take Princeton. I like Princeton there uh, against, obviously, Warner. I like when tracks are strong. See, did Rocco Kaywood beat Warner this year? You yes. gotta look this up. I yes. think he did. Yes, he did. At Midlands. He, he didn't. I, I mean, the only reason I heard that is because the guys were doing it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> Rock I like, Wood, another Ohio boy. Warner's hot. I like Warner versus Patrick Brucky, and I'm gonna take Brucky to clear. And when I mean clear, that means you get to go wrestle the bone or the silvers. <laughs> Let me look at Colin Moore down here at the bottom because Colin Moore, you know, everybody got upset because the Kent State guy, you know, essentially came out of nowhere and Penny when Ohio State needed him the most. Right. And, well, you know, it's easy to look back and go, yeah, that was the difference in the tournament. But taking up the you know, pinning him in the quarters and then beating him again in the consolation semis, I believe, or might have been for third. I think it was for third, wasn't it? I'm looking at his draw, and I like Colin Moore to hit the semis pretty easy. Now, first off, there's no such thing as easy in the NCAA tournament. You and I have both wrestled in this tournament. There's nothing easy here. Right. Well, as soon as you say it's easy, you're losing. So, Memphis there at number six, Preston Weigel. Weigel did beat him, I believe. To me, um, I got uh, Nicholas and Michael. Look at Schultz's fourteen from Nebraska. You know, and, and you were. Michael could not be happy with that first match, that Thursday night match of Michael versus Schultz. It's going to be. Well, and you, and, you know, you worry about, you know, Miklas is in the same boat as, as Joseph Smith. I mean, there's been some family tragedy and thoughts go out to them, but. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, you know, Willie Miklas is is in that point where, hey, I'm I'm at I'm at this new place that, you know, and uh, I'm, let's see where he it's lost. He lost ten nothing to Preston Weigel. Ten nothing to Preston Weigel last yeah. night. Yep. Weigel's top on top. All right, I'm going to change my pick. <laughs> I'm going to go Preston Weigel versus Colin Moore. And I'm going to take Moore to go lose to Bo Nickel in the finals. That's my pick at 197. Just to repeat, my semifinals, Nickel versus Brucky. Uh, Preston Weigel versus Colin Moore. Moore versus Nickel. And, I, and I'm going to say it's a good thing Tanner Sloan is not in the tournament for Jacob Warner's sake. Um, but Oh. I'm going to go with 
obviously I'm going to go with Nickel uh, to make the finals over. I'm going to go with, gosh, Warner to have to beat K Wood and then have to beat Brucky. Mm. I'm going to go with Brucky. I want to go with Warner. But. It's not. Okay. Yeah, I'm not no. Oh, then what the hell? If you went with Brucky, I'll go the other way. I'll go with Warner. Yeah. Just, just for, just for. Yeah. Shits and giggles. And then I'm gonna go with Weigel to make it to the finals on the other side. Why not? Top on top, Colin Morris. Uh, I don't know that he's weak on bottom, but he's certainly. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, when the lights have come on here at the NCAA. He's a Crescent Norwegian kid, I think. He's a Norwegian kid, which is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> All right, who, who's your who's your dark horse here? Oh, yeah, ninety-seven. He's got to be out of the top eight to call you dark. dark, uh, call dark horse. Okay, let me go look at nine. Number nine would be uh, Ben Hunter's Jesus Pete. He's tough. Um, is that Ben Hunter's Green Ellis? Oh wait, no, that that was an NFL player. Tech, I don't ten, probably all thing that I shouldn't know. Uh, I like um uh, from Army. He's got to win over. Yeah, he does. He's got to win over Warner this year. No, I, that would be an easy dark horse. No, yeah. You already beat number five. Right, right. No, I I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I feel like Tanner Orndorff's been around for a while. Schultz has been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. All right, if you pick that one, I'm not going to pick the same one because that just wouldn't be fun. I'm glad I went first, though. Yes, because that probably would have been who I picked. I'll go with um, – I'm going to go with Malik McDonald from North Carolina State. Love it. Uh, what the heck. Okay. All right. Heavyweight, the big boys. This this one has some some crazy, some crazy crazy stuff in here. Um, so obviously, you got a three way split with the top three seeds. Derek White has lost to Gable Stevenson. Gable Stevenson has lost to Anthony. Uh, why do you think that they they put then? You know, because because White lost convincingly to Stevenson. And Stevenson loses a title. It was tough. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Caesar's got the loss. One loss to Derek White was a takedown. Right. One little shrug, that was a match. And the only dominant there was Stevenson beating Derek White. Right. So, so Derek White is saying thank you. Yeah, I think he, I think he getting the one seed. All right, I'm looking at belt number 255. Belt number 255, and the reason why I'm looking at that is Mason Paris has taken out some pretty good guys, but he cannot beat for some reason. And, you know, Mason Paris has, has come to my club. He's from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, his dad, Mark, is a great guy. Uh, so I love Mason. But for some reason, he just cannot beat Conan Jennings. Interesting. Three times. Three times. Conan Jennings is kind of funky. He scrambles for a big guy. 
Well, he's big, and and I and I feel like maybe Mason's just having some issues with that that huge heavyweight. But he moves well. It's not like just a slobbering heavyweight that's just going to push forward. He he scrambles. Uh, he creates motion, and he's kind of fun to watch. But at the same time, you know, it may work against him in heavyweight too. Jason, what about Sam Stoll at 29? Crazy. Crazy. Nine and six. You know he struggled with, I mean, obviously, we're starting the year with a gunshot wound. That didn't help, I'm sure. Um, I heard it wasn't him that shot himself. Irrelevant. It doesn't matter. He shot Somebody shot shot him. There was, there was a gunshot wound to the knee. I'm going to start with my dark horse. My guy from Oregon Clay High School, Central Michigan University, Matt Stencil, at number nine. I like him finally to make the podium. I'm not sure how that works. Shout out to Coach Borelli and his group. Find a way to get Stencil I'm just going to tell you, I do not want to pick Gable Stevenson. I hear you. And I'm going to take uh, Julius Caesar there at the bottom, Mr. 8,000 calories a day or whatever it is, where he eats 12 eggs for breakfast. And, you know, it's How does that work? Because I do that naturally, but it's not. <laughs> I'm not a D1 athlete. I throw on 30 pounds of muscle like my guy did. I like, uh, I'm going to take the upset with Wood, being white. And I'm going to take Stevenson. Oh, that means you're going to take Stevenson to win. Stevenson over Julius Caesar, and I'm going to take Stevenson to win the whole thing. Um, a lot of people don't like his antics, and they don't like the process. I don't want to say disinterested or a bully or whatever. I can wrestle. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's fun to watch. I'm one of those guys. And listen, and people talk about this all the time, and I wouldn't want to coach a villain. Wrestling needs villains. They need somebody that, like, you look at the success of MMA, and you look at that, and, like, people cheer for guys that can. No, it's, it's interesting for the sport. It's You need those personalities. I don't want to coach that kid because it's got to be a nightmare to coach. Like, is he going to get in trouble for what he's doing? And you're trying to run a program, and you're trying to do all the right things. But as a spectator, Gable Stevenson, for me, is fun to watch. Um, I'm glad I'm not his coach. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Egham does not mind. Oh, I'm sure he doesn't either. Um, so, I, I mean, gosh, I'm looking. And, I, and he was taking down Brock Lesnar. I'm going, gosh, that, that, that Jordan Woods-Sam Stoll match, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, Sam Stoll is a large man. <laughs> that he is. I, I'm just going to tell you, look, I'm I'm going – I'm going to go with the pride of Lawrenceburg, Indiana to make the semis. I'm saying he beats Conan Jennings. I'm saying that Mason Paris is going to make the semis against Derek White. But just like 
Mason had trouble with Kassar. He's going to have trouble with White. Um, so I think White's going to make it to the semis. Uh, you pick Stevenson. I don't. Don't let my picks influence. Oh no, for sure. Because I don't. You can lose to me very easily. I don't even know who the hell we've picked. So you wrote yours down. Did you? Uh, know? I know yours. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Kassar. And I'm going to go with Kassar to win. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to really enjoy watching that, that semis match. Um, yeah, I think hopefully the heavyweights will show up and will put on a show of, of big guy athleticism. That's what makes me crazy about heavyweight is when you get guys out there and they don't lay it all on the line and they hold back and they just push each other. for. You don't want minutes. that 3-2 match. No, and, and I don't care if it's a 3-2 match with action. Mm -hmm. You can go 3-2 with scrambles and have some fun and make it entertaining. Um, I just a, a lot of people quit wrestling with the heavyweights, and it's not fair because they're, they're phenomenal athletes, and they, they probably deserve as much, you know, as much, you know, Notice as a 125-pounder that's exciting to watch and out there and doing leg passes. That's one of the reasons I love Gwizdowski. Right. And that Gwizdowski-Steiner match, for what it's worth, that has to be one of the top five matches I've seen live at the NCAA tournament. Well, with Snyder. Yes. Snyder and Gwiz. Right. Uh, that went overtime for essentially, you know, the, the tie on the line or whatever it was. It was a... Hey, let me ask you about this. So, I, I mean, I'm looking at this, and Amar Desi, he has one loss. It's to Mason Paris. And that was Desi's first match back off of injury. Right. And it was when Paris came out of red shirt. Right. Does Desi give any fits to Stevenson? I mean, look, we're talking international guys, and Desi's – I mean, Desi wrestles international. No. He does no. not give Stevenson a match. No challenge. I disagree with what I just said. It is definitely a challenge. Desi is a returning All-American. Uh, Ten and one, with his only loss being, you know, to Mason Paris, and hopefully he's healthy and ready to go into my my mindset. But to me, Stevenson is he's picked up the pace. Um, he's gotten better as the season's got on. Yeah, he suffered a loss last week to Stevenson, and that that match could have gone either way. Two phenomenal athletes. So I'm intrigued by that match, uh, and, and no one should sleep on Desi because obviously he's legit. You know, a, a serious factor when it comes to this comes to the tournament. But I like Stevenson to win that one. I don't want to say easily, but I'll go. I'll go four one. And you and you said Stencil was your dark horse. Yep, I'm going to take Stencil all day. He's going to find a way. Stencil's got to pay over Paris um, this season. Paris came back and no, Paris came him first. Three seconds, and then Stencil came back right. And um, I was hoping that Matt Voss from George Mason was related to the All-American from West Virginia. I looked it up while you were talking. I don't know that he is, but if he is, someone please let me know that he is, because that's one of my favorite all-time cutweight stories of all time at Iowa University when Voss came in and started uh, uh, we'll just um, so so 
my my dark horse pick. Gosh, I almost want to take Stoll at twenty nine. I mean, that's a that's an easy dark horse to take. What are we Vegas on? Gosh, I'll take the field. Have you seen Vegas odds? No, I don't know. Willie, Willie, what's what's the Vegas odds? Um, so Vegas odds. Yeah. Um, and look, you, you, I mean, I, you can't pick Sam Stoll to win it, but man, that first round match, one sixty two, that's got to be one people are keeping their eyes on. Right. Um, are we correct in saying ESPN and have every match again? Uh, I believe so. I'm counting on it because I have to go to the youth. Ohio Youth Wrestling State Tournament, which I know sounds like pulling teeth to you. It does, and you'll one day have to have me on for another podcast and explain to me why youth wrestling is still going on when the junior high, high school, and college season is wrapping well, up. Don't don't say that because in Ohio, junior high state is this weekend. Youth state is the following weekend. And the only reason I'm still going is because my son's wrestling it. So, uh, but I'm not disagreeing with you on why is that still going on. Um, my dark horse, could it be Thomas Haynes, who was at Ohio State? Um, you know, how is Ohio State doing it this way? Uh, would they like to have Thomas Haynes now? Uh, gosh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to have to go with Hermita. Just as a. Maybe yeah, but with his coach leaving. Maybe he's, oh yeah, he's McCoy like, stepping down, and it, maybe it's like you know Wick going out with Barry Davis, which was kind of a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. As you know, it was a nice little sentence. well, and, and when we talked to Rochelle, who's now at at Chattanooga, I mean, he was talking about how much uh, Barry Davis means to him. Um, so I'll take Hermita as my as my. Uh, Dark horse. Definitely. All right. Let's come back and let's do top five teams and we'll be done with it. So okay. let's go ahead and get to where we think. Uh, Are we both in agreement Penn State's one? It, I mean, is it even mathematically if they don't wrestle well? Let's say Chenzo doesn't make the finals. Okay. Let's say who else could win? You know, North, Nickel. Nickel. And. Um, I must say, I mean. Let's say North, North Nickel, or Locks. Let's say Chenzo falters. Okay. But what about, I mean, you still got Kassar and you got, um, you got Mark Hall. Do they need like a Bravo Young or a Nick Lee or somebody to score major points to, to make it a lock or? Don't forget their bonus points are like having an extra wrestler in a tournament mm-hmm. because every win, a wrestleback win is like a half a point. Right, so I mean, you got an off, you got an off. <laughs> you won one match in WrestleBox, so you got us point five points. Uh, you and you got an off and and nickel who were pinning people, and that's a plus two every time. Right. Can Oklahoma State? Are their draws good enough for them to overtake Ohio State and jump in for two? Doesn't Iowa have enough firepower to jump into the mix? Um. For the longest time this season, I don't think it's worked out that way. But I thought Oklahoma State had an All-American in every week. Yeah, I mean. Big Rock's going to struggle and Joseph. struggle at 65 and 84. Right. Struggle. 
just the way they're lined. Well, 57, did they even qualify at 57? Or that was, was Sheets, was right? Gefeller or Sheets? I think it was Sheets. I don't... So their lineup's been all over the place. I don't think they have a qualifier at 57. So they're going to have a hard time. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you my top five. There you go. And you can... Dakota, Dakota Gear. Man, how, how do we overlook him? At 84. Gosh, I picked Reno to go to the finals, and he's got Dakota Gear first round. I'm not sure who wins that match. Yeah. Good luck, man. I'm going to pick the following teams in this order. Um... The top top four are podium teams, correct? I believe I, I believe it's podium teams. I'm going to give you number five. It's going to be the Michigan Wolverines. They have to wrestle better than what they did last week in Big Tens. Obviously, they may be counting on some of their guys that might be outside looking in to have good tournaments, like uh, Matten at 25. Right. And others, Matt, is, is, he's wrestled well at the NCAA. And you got to have a mean, and you got to have Paris, and you got to have those guys come through and get some points. The Iowa Hawkeyes at number four. At number three, I'm going to take uh, Coach Smith and Oklahoma State. Hopefully, they didn't peak too early in an Iowa match for them. Um, they should be okay. They, they got good seeds. I didn't like pitching any situation there at the bottom half. He's the only one I didn't really like, but they kind of got to get there at heavyweight. I don't think it's even mathematically possible for them to jump in a state or to alter. I still don't think they've got enough forces to do it. They, they pretty much need it. I don't really see it. And Ohio State's rules for error is very small in terms of Oklahoma State catching in for two, in my opinion. So it's Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Michigan are my top four. I'd say Nebraska's probably right on the outside looking in for me. And there should be a few others that are in for that. Yeah, I mean, Missouri, Cornell, those teams are going to. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that I differ from you too much. I mean, I think one of the reasons why Michigan brought Mason Paris out of red shirt was to be a podium team. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I picked Penn State as one. I think, I think two through five, just like you said, you the teams that you said, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Iowa, I think they could fall in any area. I think, unfortunately for Iowa, they're Cash Wilkie and uh, Sam Stoll and people like that that didn't get the seeds that they probably were hoping for. Um, you know, Max Murin, those guys are going to have to perform in order for them to be a podium team. Um, so I am going to go Iowa as four. I'm going to go Ohio State as three. Uh, although I think those two could flip. And then I'm going to go Oklahoma State as two. And then I'm going to go Penn State as one. All right, listeners. So I'm a wrestling fan first. Jason Laughlin's my name. And I love the sport and I love following college wrestling. And, um, if you disagree with picks, you know, go ahead and throw them back at Chad where we should go. Um, we are obviously, I've got a bias towards Ohio kids because that's what I know. I got a bias towards Big Ten because that's what we know living right. here in the Midwest. So we would, we would love to talk about Southern Conference kids, but 
Yeah, but they, they've got their work cut out for them. And, you know, I'd love to talk about wrestling in the South. That's a whole other podcast because we need to get more colleges going down in the Florida, Georgia area. Uh, big shout out to Little Rock as they're going to be joining the NCAA yeah. next season. Hopefully, uh, uh, Coach has got, Coach Ayersman. got everything going. Uh, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan, everybody. Enjoy the tournament. Uh, it's just, uh, if you've never been, I encourage you to go. Uh, tickets were brutal this year. Uh, most teams' ticket allotments got cut in half. I don't know if it had something to do with being just a hotbed of wrestling. That's a Pittsburgh area. And the venue is smaller. And I heard that their setup or their configuration is also part of the issue there as well. I'm excited to be surrounded by people who know the sport and people that are passionate about their teams and their universities and what they all bring. It should be a fun weekend for wrestling. So kick back, relax, make sure you get to ESPN and all those uh, uh, different apps and channels that will have it all and split those screens. And, um, you know, good luck trying to pay attention at work when wrestling's going on. <laughs> well, well and, that's, and that's where I'm at is I'll be going to that youth state tournament in Youngstown, Ohio, the hotbed of Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, I'll have, I'll have all kinds of iPads with me that I'll be able to split screen and, and set them all up and watch the matches. And, and hopefully the youth kids will, will gather around and we'll all watch them. Um, but again, I want to thank Jason for coming on. Um, you know, Jason and I have been friends for life. Uh, and, uh, so uh, we always have fun talking about wrestling and talking about college wrestling. Uh, it's a bunch of fun, and uh, everybody will have a blast watching the college tournament. They always do, and that's why we got together tonight and talked about it. Have fun, everybody. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.